Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. No one's taking my attention away from the task I'm trying to complete. So I'd say that's my best advice is get up early. These billionaires, they get up at five o'clock in the morning. So that's why I get up at four because I figure I want to get a jump on them too. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've the deal you've got and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors 
uh, all you need. Well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Brent Bowers, how you doing, Brent? I'm great, Joe. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great as well. And nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Brent. He's got 10 years of real estate investing experience. He's pretty much automated his wholesaling business. He also does some flips. He bought his first house in April of 2007. And since then has helped a whole bunch of homeowners get out of troublesome situations by buying their properties. He's based in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and his website's in the show notes page. So with that being said, Brent, will you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah. So had a super strong lawn landscape company when I was in my senior year of high school and my father came out and kind of joined me in the business. And I was working on getting my real estate license about 2004, 2005. Then the hurricanes came through Florida. It kind of derailed me for another year or so. And then it seemed like I got my license right at about mid-2008 and then went into it about 2009, left the company I had built and moved to West Palm Beach, Florida and started trying to do some real estate right at the fall of the market. And things were quite rough. So I was like, well, I'm going to go back to school and how do I do it? So I joined the military and didn't really look back for several years. And the military sent me to school, paid for a bachelor's degree, and then they pretty much <laughs> paid for all that and enlisted to commissioned officer. And then I started dabbling in some real estate some more. And it just seemed like we just started buying rentals everywhere we were going. And we're just buying all these rentals and racking up all this debt and then slowly paying it down. And I just knew there was a better way to pay down this debt. So we started wholesaling houses kind of haphazardly. And then we searched in on Bigger Pockets one day, which is an extremely cool website. And I'm glad it came about. And I ran into a guy named Tom Kroll and took his course on wholesaling and pretty much gave me the, the Ray Kroc version system of wholesaling. And here we are a couple of years later. We've done probably, I don't know, about 80 something transactions in the last 24 months. We're flipping now, renovating houses. And the wholesaling is pretty much automated, but we like to do a couple flips a month. Prefer to stick with one only, but it seems like the deals come and we just keep doing them. And now we're taking the profits and purchasing raw land and seller financing it at affordable rate to people that want to own land. So that's kind of our business in a nutshell. I'm really building the raw land side now where I've kind of been focusing on the last couple months and here we are. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to talking to you about the raw land stuff because that's something that I find really interesting because I don't do it. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who'd find that really interesting. Before we dig into the raw land stuff, you said 80 plus transactions in 12 months. That's got to keep your team busy. And you mentioned 24 months. Sorry, I misquote. I love misquoting people to make things interesting. Okay, 24 months, 80 transactions in 24 months. Either way, it's got to keep your team busy. So what are some things that you have put in place in order to establish the system that you have with your wholesaling business? 
Well, it was almost forced place. I had to build a team because as an Army officer, which I'm completely out of the Army now, I got out May 7th with uh, honorable discharge. I did all my separation, left on great terms. But let me tell you what, it's a lot less stress in the real estate business and a little bit more profitable. But my last day was May 7th, 2018. So we've been doing this for full time, about three months now, and things are rolling. But I was forced to put systems in place because I was constantly either in Virginia, Kentucky. I didn't actually deploy in the last couple of years to any combat zones, but we were doing a lot of field time prepping to deploy. So I actually lived in the field, was in Kentucky, Virginia, and I had to hire a lead manager because I was getting all these calls for my direct mail and my marketing that we were doing. And I was just trying to do all this closing over the phone, almost virtual wholesaling, which it was working by using 123 Mobile Notary and an attorney here and a title company, but I just needed somebody that could do pretty much belly to belly sales. So that's when I found this wonderful person named Jen. She actually lives right down the road from me. I found her on the Nextdoor app. I pretty much put an ad out for her. Just We're a small real estate company looking to hire. I need a lead manager. I called her a lead manager basically because I needed her to be an acquisition manager a disposition manager and also hold the buyers and sellers hands from beginning to end almost be a transaction coordinator as well so that was pretty much my first hire and i was so blessed to have found her and she's really helped me build the business but it's just forced systems and we had a system and just hiring people and finding people to help good realtor good attorney good title company i hope i answered your question in a super long way you definitely did one thing that surprised me is I think I heard you say that you put an ad for this position on the Nextdoor app. I didn't know you could do that. Yep. It's like a little classified. You can do classified ads on there. It's really the only time I've actually ever used it except for one other time when I found a missing dog in my neighborhood. We put them on there, and that's how we found the owner. But, yeah, she answered the ad, super professional. I like talking to her on the phone, and I just – Knew it was going to be a good fit, invited her to my house, let her meet my family, and like, look, we're doing a couple transactions a month. We make this on average. Would you like to join the team? And that was almost two years ago now. Wow. How much do you make on average per transaction? On average, our average assignment fee is somewhere around fifteen to $20,000. Mm-hmm. And then how much of that is profit, would you say, after all your overhead after overhead, it takes us about probably $3,000 to acquire a property. And what I mean by that is it costs us about $3,000 as far as overhead and marketing. So each transaction, so we spend about $3,000 a transaction. So if we make 13000 it's ten grand profitable. And then I pay my team out all that. But somewhere around 10000 is what we net per transaction. That's our typical assignment when we get a property under contract, and then we sell it to one of our cash buyers. We have quite the robust cash buyers list, and it took me a couple of years of working my butt off to get those cash buyers, but that's how we get a higher assignment fee. Your team is doing wholesale deals, but then you also have some fix and flip deals that you're working on. When do you determine that it's a fix and flip deal instead of a wholesale deal? Or rather, how uh, do you determine that? It's a great question. We try and, like I said, at least do one a month. But when we have 
an extreme amount of meat on the bone. Like if I know we can make at least thirty-five dollars to $45,000, I don't feel good in my heart when I see a cash buyer pay an assignment fee of $45,000, $50,000. However, I don't feel bad if I take the property down myself, renovate it, list it with my realtor, stage it, all that. So generally we try and make it somewhere around thirty-five to forty-five dollars for our flips. We averaged somewhere around 50000 a flip, but that's been our last four anyways. But that's about the number. If I know it's going to be a ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 assignment, that's no problem whatsoever. But if it's more than that, we generally will buy it and renovate it. And why make the business decision to focus now on raw land and seller finance that raw land versus continuing to scale your wholesale and fix and flip business? Well... That's a great question. And I almost feel like, okay, am I spreading myself too thin with the wholesaling and the flipping and the land? But I've always had this passion for land. I really like land. And Mark Podolsky says it best. There's no three R's. You don't have the rats, the rodents, or the renters. Not that I'm caught. <laughs> I mean, I got kind of am classifying renters in the same category, but <laughs> we've had rentals for years. And we're actually one of our four flips right now, I shouldn't say the fourth one is a flip. We're actually renovating a 19-unit apartment complex that we are going to hold. So we do a little rentals too. But I like the land because it's a lot less stress. It's really cool. It's unique. It's dirt. No one can steal it. I really don't have to hold insurance on it because nothing's going to burn down other than liability insurance. No one can steal anything. The contractors aren't stealing materials. And it's just when someone comes in and we do the seller financing, we carry the note for them. They can come in with a small down payment. Generally, hopefully, the down payment covers a little bit of our purchase price, but there's really no maintenance. I don't get calls from tenants. I don't get calls from the city. I don't get calls from the people downstairs because the people upstairs are stomping too loud. It's just so low maintenance. And it's just, we've got several notes coming in from our land and I don't really have to manage it other than my assistant picking up the checks from the mail and then inputting them into our note tracking software. So it's, it's simple and it's cash flowing. Since it's seller financing, you do get some of that cash flow on a monthly basis. So it's starting to work for you. After you shift your focus away from that, you still have some money coming in. Was that another factor? Yeah. For five years, pretty much, we generally run it out for about 60 months holding the financing. So I know that when my assistant does the paperwork and we do a land contract, I know for five years, we're going to get paid on this property. I just pray they don't default. Some people like when they default. I personally don't. We've had the experience that before when we resell the property again. Yeah, it really helps the bottom line and our ROI just goes through the roof. However, it's just a sucky feeling whenever you know that someone's like going through hard times and they can't pay for their land anymore. But yeah, I generally know that for five years, these payments are going to come in. So we can just continue doing these every single day or every single week and just build such a portfolio that each one for five years. It's just amazing. Will you tell us about the last deal that you did? The last land deal that I did, this one's kind of a funny one. It's actually the one that I had to take the property back. We bought this little piece of land, non-buildable, for $225. It was only 4,900 square feet. It was actually in my old neighborhood in Colorado, and 
I went and paid the taxes on this thing. And I didn't even have to do it because I had probably another two years left to do it. But the guy just wanted to get rid of it. He wasn't doing anything with it. So I was like 225 bucks. We gave it to him, paid him. And then I went and caught the taxes up. The taxes were like 700 bucks. So more than what I paid for the land. So I had maybe a thousand bucks into this property. And I put an ad on Craigslist, seller finance, lot, this neighborhood, non-buildable. And I had multiple calls on it. And I was just shocked. This is non-buildable land. What do these people want to do with it? One guy wanted a garden. One guy wanted to park vehicles on it. So I ended up meeting a guy that wanted to park vehicles on it. I told him, I was like, dude, you got to check with the city. I don't think they'll allow that. He gave me 1500 cash on the spot. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. I want it. So I was like, well, I got to give you some type of receipt. So I wrote him up a receipt. And then he had said, basically, I want to pay this thing off in a couple months. So I was like, okay, perfect. No interest. Total price is $5,000. So that was the last time I ever saw the guy. He didn't take my phone calls anymore, didn't answer emails, didn't answer text. And I called his wife's phone and disappeared for six months. So I told my lead manager, I was like, listen, if we don't hear from him by December 25th, we're going to sell this property again. Mm-hmm. And we'd already had another buyer lined up. They had called us on it and they were willing to pay 5000 cash right away. It was a neighbor. They mm-hmm. wanted to put a shed on the property. So here comes December 25th and hadn't heard from the guy. Waited till January 2nd. They gave us a $5,000 cashier's check. And we literally made somewhere around like a 2,100% return on investment. Mm-hmm. So still never heard from Gail, Yes, I unfortunately did. About January 26th, the guy's uncle called me and said, no, thank God he didn't die. But my nephew has been in jail. He wants to know how he can keep making payments on his property. And I said, it's no longer his property. We sold it about 20 days ago. I've been trying to get a hold of him. I've mailed him. I've emailed him. I've texted him. Nothing. So the guy disappeared for like seven months. Says, Unfortunately, it's no longer his property. And the uncle said, okay, no problem, and hung up. <laughs> so it made me feel bad. It really did. It's like, man, this guy just spent $1,500 and went to jail. <laughs> hmm. The wholesaling business compared to buying raw land and doing seller financing, which one's easier to find deals? Oh, man, I think they're both easy to find deals if you create the systems. When you're going after property that people aren't paying taxes on or, or it's just run down or when I say run down, like the wholesaling, it's almost like they're two different beasts, but the deals come on both of them if you create the systems and have the coaches to teach you how to do it. I'd say volume, we could probably get more raw land. However, the wholesaling may not be as much volume. We could probably get 10 pieces of raw land and maybe seven or eight wholesales. However, the wholesales are much bigger money, like wholesaling houses. But you also, you're competing with a bunch of other real estate investors that want the houses. Cool thing about land, not a lot of people do it because it's not huge chunks of money. You're not pulling $94,000 profits. When you pull a $94,000 profit on your flip, the land is not that big of a profit and it takes longer, if that makes sense. So maybe the land's not as sexy. Mm-hmm. When you've gotten into these new business models, wholesaling, raw land, I've noticed that you mentioned someone you learned from 
in wholesaling, it was Tom Kroll. I've interviewed him on the podcast, I think, a couple times. And in Raw Land, it was – who'd you mention? Mark, Mark Podolsky. The Mark land, Podolsky, the land that's right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, my, my brain froze up. I've interviewed him like three or four times on this podcast. How do you think about investing in your education? Because I doubt they trained you for free, but correct me if I'm wrong. And if I am correct, then you paid for education. How did you think about it? I love it. You know what? I've went to so many of these real estate seminars, dropping 5K here, 5K there. But I think it was a little bit different when you have more along the lines of a coach that's a little bit spaced out, like Tom sets his up perfectly. He spaces it out to like, I think eight weeks and kind of the same thing with Mark Podolsky. They space them out. And I feel that that was part of what really made me successful. And it was also the student was ready. Finally, I was finally ready to commit and do the freaking hard work that it takes to do this. It's all simple, but it's not easy. It's hard work. I get up at 4 a.m. every single morning, and I'm still usually working at 6 or 7 at night. I take some time to put the kids down the bed, eat dinner with my wife, but it's a grind. But I would pay for the education over again. I would pay double for it, knowing what I know now, because you're going to pay one way or another. You could pay through just the pure grind of it, making mistakes and costing yourself money or working for free to learn from another flipper for people that don't have money. I know flippers out there that have 10 crews. I wish I would have known these guys when I was 18, 19 years old. I would have pushed a broom for them and power washed their houses and painted for them for free if they would have just taught me some of this. But I didn't think to do that. So I kind of took the easy route. I paid the coach to teach me. And I didn't just have the cash lying around. It was stressful. I maxed out credit cards and negotiated and made payments and didn't have money to mail after that. And I remember Tom Cole telling me, don't join my program because you don't have the money to market. But I still did it. I still joined. But it took door knocking, things like that. So absolutely, none of this was free. And I am so glad I paid for the education because I think it accelerated. And it gave me an opportunity to get out of the military and stop being away from home so much. And it's quite lucrative. It's very hard work, though. And the people I see that don't make it are not willing to do the hard work and work smart. I'll make sure I send this interview to both Tom and Mark since you said you would like to pay double. So maybe they can get a check for, <laughs> from you for the difference there. Don't tell Mark that. I'm still paying, paying oh, okay. a little bit to Mark, but Tom <laughs> Kroll's paid off. You can tell him anything you want. <laughs> What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh, man. Jeez. Educate yourself. Be coachable. And get up early. You know what? I read The Miracle Morning. I can't remember the dude's name that wrote it, but I read The Miracle Morning about three years ago. And that really just resonated. So for about three years now, I've been getting up at 4 a.m. And from 4 to 7, before my children wake up and my wife, I wake up and make coffee. I already have it ready to go. Just press the button and then read the Bible, my quiet time for like 30 minutes. And then from pretty much 4.30 to 7, that's the power hour. That's building systems and improving systems and doing the couple tasks I wanted to complete right off the bat, kind of like eating the frog first the hardest thing because the emails are not coming in and the phone's not ringing 
sometimes it does ring a little bit before seven, but it's on do not disturb. So I really can focus. No one's taking my attention away from the task I'm trying to complete. So I'd say that's my best advice is get up early. These billionaires, they get up at five o'clock in the morning. So that's why I get up at four because I figure I want to get a jump on them too. I love that mentality. That's great stuff. I've never heard it put that way. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sounds good. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Recently read The Greatest Salesman in the World. That book really just touched my heart when I read it. I, at one point, had all of those rules memorized, and I recorded it on an app, and I would just play it over and over while I was running. That's an amazing book. Yeah, I want to get the hard copy because I actually listened to it on Audible. It was just such a great story, too. Short little read, but yeah, I'd like to get it on hard copy. And I feel like I get more when I read things rather than listen to it on Audible. Best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about? Oh, so December, I'm sitting in my garage making some cold calls because I have to get away from the kids. And I cold call this property. The guy yells at me. He's like, what are you doing calling me? And I just kept my composure. And it turns out he was an old retired Air Force guy. And we got to talking about the military and I just kept working. I was just taking his beating and I was just being very respectful, not timid, but respectful. And he just thought I was a scam. So the guy hung up on me and I called him back and we kept building a relationship. And I had an offer for his house at 135. He said, no, I'll take 124. And I said, really? I was just so <laughs> shocked. And then I had to follow up with him for another couple months. I literally just would show up to this guy's property because he was driving from South Dakota to Colorado Springs. So I was trying to catch him there and I kept missing him. And one day he called me back and said, let's do the deal. So I signed the deal for 124, bought the house. We put about 25 into it. So we had roughly 150, 155. And then we sold the thing for, man, it was like, 265000 about a month later. Mm. So we made, after all expenses, utilities, you name it, insurance, closing costs, realtor fees, staging fees, all that, we made a $94,000 profit after everybody was paid. So that was one of my best deals. I've got some others, but that was a good one. And it was pretty cool because this guy, I checked up with him while we were doing the renovation. He had some important looking documents in the mailbox that I thought he'd be interested in. So I got his forwarding address from him and he just appreciated that so much. And he told me he was actually going to preach at his church the next day. And he asked if he could share what we had done for him and bought his house. And he was just praying that we'd make a profit. And I'm telling you what, (laughs) his prayers were answered because we darn sure did. So that was just actually this July. That was probably the most recent one. Oh, that's cool. 
it's a good story for everyone for multiple reasons. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? I don't make mistakes. Of course not. Perfect. Um, Oh, man. Not following my instincts. I don't get too cautious on most properties, but when I don't trust my gut, I always sorely pay for it. That, and I'd like to say another one too. When someone tells you they have a brand new roof on a 4,500 square foot house and you're in Florida and your lead manager doesn't get on it or your realtor doesn't jump on it, just a check, bad mistake. It was a brand new roof, but it was a fly-by-night company that did it and it was a, about a $9,000 mistake. Luckily, it still was a profitable deal, but it sucked making the mistake. I was going to say that sounds like a very specific example. Like it might have happened very specifically to someone we know. Yep. <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back? We give to our church. We have a RIA that we do on the first and third Tuesday at Third Space Coffee on North Academy in Colorado Springs. We have a bunch of new investors, old investors. I feel like we give a lot of value. Me and Colin Smith with Solid Rock Realty, he's my partner with our RIA. So we're constantly helping new guys kind of get started. That's all free. We bring in CPAs. We bring in attorneys. We bring in flippers. We bring in hard money lenders. We bring in private money lenders. And then just given to mission, we tithe. I think tithing is the biggest thing ever. It says we have to in the Bible, and I think that helps us a lot. We're partnered with the Lord, and that's how we give back. Best way the best ever listeners can learn more about what you got going on and get in touch with you. Yeah, my company's called Zech Buys Houses, LLC. It's spelled Z-E-C-H-B-U-Y-S-H-O-U-S-E-S. You can Google that. We've got a bunch of parcels of land. We're seller financing. If someone wants to go to vacantlandofthefree.com, vacantlandofthefree.com, and mention this podcast, we'll give you 15% off of your down payment and your monthly payment. I'm ready to sell some land. That's awesome. Well, I might be buying. <laughs> if I can find a way to cash flow it, I might be buying. Or maybe I just want a place to put a shed up somewhere. Brent, I really appreciate you spending time with us and sharing the different business models that you're in. Thank you for what you did for our country to keep us all safe and your role in that first off and foremost. And then from a real estate standpoint, Really interesting to hear how you've gone from wholesaling, building that model, and now focusing on buying raw land, doing seller financing, and how you're getting deals and how you approach learning about each of those businesses. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.